Hello and welcome. It's David Widmar joining you for another episode of Ag Uncertainties. It is October the 15th and really come off the backside of this WASD report that came out. The October WASD came out on the 12th. Um, pretty bearish, at least initially for both corn and soybeans. So I want to walk you through that. And then I want to wrap this up by sharing uh, a couple insights that we wrote about, about the 2022 growing season. So um, let's jump in and let's start talking about the um, stock situation. So what I've done is I'm looking at the, and, and those of you watching the video, you can see the the table that the USDA has put together. And I want to walk through a key points here. First off, they've increased the corn yield estimate. They went from 176.3 and they raised it two tenths of a bushel to 176.5. Not a huge change, but it did close the related forecast network question about corn yield. So you want to check your score for that. I think the big change here was actually in beginning stocks. They really increased the beginning stocks from almost uh, a full 100 million bushels, not uh, quite uh, 100 million, closer to uh, almost 100, but not quite. But when you get all the way down here, you can see that uh, total supply has increased, uh, you know, about 80 million bushels. And so it came out a combination of bigger yields and more in beginning stocks. And so the combination here uh, increased the total supply of corn. You can also see they dropped uh, feed and residual. Uh, so how much we're going to be feeding. And so they cut use, total use came down by about 20 million bushels. So more supply, a little less usage. The corn situation didn't change a whole lot, but we're at ending stocks of 1.5 billion bushels compared to 1.4 a month ago. And that puts that a stock to use situation of about 10.1. So we have a related forecast network question about what's the probability of a 10% stocks use or less based on the January WASD report. So go update your forecast. I want to step back and point out we were at 10.2 back in May. We worked it down to about 8.5 in August. Now we've seen this come back up closer to 10%. So uh, the corn situation, again, a little more cushion, a little more ending stocks here than we anticipated. The farm average price is unchanged at 545. Again, for context, 13.1% is the long run stocks to use ratio. Uh, it's about a 21, 22 year average. And so we're still in a below average, below normal ending stock situation. 8.3% is where the stocks use for for last year. And that came up a little bit. If you're closely watching that, that came up uh, mostly from that beginning stock situation for the current year, but that was carried over as an ending stock last year. So not as tight uh, last year as initially estimated. Of course, there are still more yield estimates to come. So this isn't the final yield estimate. And of course, we also have to keep an eye on usage. We're kind of transitioning, I think, in this growing season. Uh, it's never we've never flipped the switch, but we're starting to go into the winter months. And for producers, it's time to, you know, make our plans and budgets and projections for 2022. But the market's also transitioning out of the growing season risk. It's going to be start watching the usage, and so we can start seeing how much are we uh, feeding, how much are stocks changing, how much uh, or the quarterly stocks report, how much export activity is going on. So those are going to be really important to, to keep your eye on. In fact, if you look at the stock situation, the USDA did increase corn export expectations, still down 
250 million bushels from a year ago, but it is trending in an upward direction. So it's going to be a usage game to keep your eye on the ball for. Now let's talk about soybeans. Soybeans actually uh, really uh, had, a, had a big movement here. And one of the things that's a key lesson that's really important to keep in mind, Brent reminds me of this all the time, especially when we get in these scenarios, but when you're at the bottom of the barrel um, and when you get close to zero on anything, any type of, of, of movement off of that very small number can feel like a big change. And so relative to corn and soybean stocks, when you get to really tight stock situations, a small revision can really quickly take you out of that tight stock situation. And so what we had seen is a month ago, we had ending stocks at about 185 million bushels. And now we're at 320 million bushels out of the, the October report. So that feels like a, a big change. In fact, there's a lot of people going around saying, you know, oh, the USDA missed by X percent. I didn't do the math because that's not how you should be measuring these. But the idea here is when you go from a very small number, any type of adjustment feels like a really big adjustment and really quick uh, adjustment upward. So let's talk about how these changes came into be. Again, they raised almost a full bushel, nine-tenths of a bushel more in production. They also brought in more stocks. Again, this is similar to the corn situation, not as tight a year ago as initially anticipated. And so they brought in about 75 million additional bushels. So you have bigger yields, more beginning stocks. And we saw um, the, the situation turn uh, unfavorably for soybeans. So actually usage is up uh 10 million bushels. So not a whole lot, but it's up, but production's up quite a bit. So we have this uh, and the, the supply is up quite a bit between production and beginning stocks. So right now we're sitting at a 7.3% stocks to use ratio. Again, we have a related forecast network question about stocks coming in uh, at or below 5%. So we've kind of jumped way out of that window. 8.2% um, is the long run average. So we're getting closer to that average. In fact, corn might be in a tighter stock situation on a relative basis, um, you know, relative to the long run average than soybeans are today. Um, so keep that in mind. We went from a 4.2% stocks use a month ago to 7.8. Again, it feels like we made a big change. And that's because these revisions from small numbers can, can be uh, feel very big. Back in May, we anticipated 2.6% stocks use. How do we get all those changes since May? Well, we're going to write an article about that in the coming up weeks, but it's a combination of the stocks and the production has quickly changed. So we've got to keep an eye on that. Last year, right now, the stocks use situation for a year ago is estimated at 5.7%. We had been looking at three, 3.2% stocks use a year ago. So again, we've really changed uh, the outlook here a little bit, but it, it kind of started with last year's estimates getting dialed in, kind of getting to the final numbers. And of course, the change here with the latest data. So how do we uh, think about this a little more? Well, one of the things um, to keep an eye on again is how the usage and how export data and how export activity plays out in the coming months. So the other thing I wanted to spend a little bit of time here is we wrote about five points that we think are really important to keep in mind for the 2022 situation. There is kind of an overload of bad news circulating, especially around the fertilizer situation. We wrote a couple articles about fertilizer uh, this week, but I encourage you to read those. But 
really want to highlight this, this 2022 situation. First of all, 2021 still looks to be profitable in these early budget projections. That could still change. Um, these estimates were made before the WASDE report. So of course that could change a little bit with the, the current prices, but it still looks to be a favorable budget outlook. Not nearly as favorable as 2021. That's, that's gonna be a high watermark, um, but it's still gonna be favorable, much preferred than what we saw during the trade war early in 2020 um, and really um, 2016 all the way to 2020. It looks up to be a better year than that, at least as of to now. Second point is that so far we've seen corn has a budget advantage, even though we have this pesky fertilizer narrative and reality playing out. Corn still has a lot of appeal. We'll talk about that in point number three, but the takeaway here is producers can really start to spend some time looking at their budgets and making sound decisions based on their expectations and their estimates and their cost of production data that they need to make their decisions for 2022 based on their data and not sort of single uh, headlines or single narratives such as fertilizer prices or cash rent or availability of various inputs. Really dig into the data for your operation. Second point I want to point out is watch this soybean corn price ratio. Last year, we're at uh, this is for crop insurance prices. I'm going to talk about 2.59. That was a record high. Of course, in 17 and 18, we got to 2.57. That's when corn and soybean acreage was about normal. We've been currently hanging around about 2.33, 2.35. That's going to be favorable for corn. Uh, back in 2021, uh, 2012, we had 2.21, which is when we had 97 million acres of corn. That ratio in, in 07 was 1.99. So the point here is we've moved from a very um, soybean friendly ratio. We've backed that off quite a bit and it's starting to look like a friendly corn ratio. So we'll see how that plays out for situation. Finally, our step four is wheat and cotton also look very strong. We've got to keep those two crops in mind as we think about the acreage debate, which brings us to the number five. You know, this year we planted about 180 million acres of corn and soybeans. That was with favorable preventive planting conditions. Um, and by favorable, I mean below average. We planted very few, uh, we had very few preventive planting below average. So if we think about next year, think about soybeans and cotton being favorable in the budgets, they could be looking at some acres. If we get back to normal preventive planting, you could start to see a scenario where we have to wonder how do we get to 180 million acres of corn and soybeans combined. Second of all, what does the price ratio tell us about the split between uh, soybeans and, and corn acres? I'll let you read the article and draw your own conclusions. But the simple model suggests, again, corn might have more appeal than initially meets the eye as we head into uh, the 2022 planting debate. So a couple last points I want to share about the fertilizer situation. Um, there are a couple pesky narratives uh, circulating, and I want to frame those up a little bit. First of all, don't jump to conclusions about acreage based solely on the fertilizer prices alone. The last time we had fertilizer prices uh, comparably high, uh, comparably as high, we're arguably higher today than we were then, but it was 2011, 2012, and 2013. Well, in 2012, we planned 97 million acres of corn, and in 2013, we planned 95 million acres of corn. And so, um, in some cases, um, the fertilizer price is a reflection of the demand and the expected demand for fertilizer, given the profitability and as well as the, the budget appeal that corn has. So it's an overall profitable environment and 
corn has a bit of advantage in these early budget estimates. We'll see what that looks like when we get into the spring months. And, and But that's, that's important to keep in mind. The second point I want to mention is it seems like the return on investment for soil sampling uh, would be high in a year like 2022. So if you're really thinking about strategies, uh, probably worth your time to think about what is the ROI for uh, soil sampling this year, maybe grid sampling, maybe grid sampling at a resolution more granular than what you're used to. Uh, but just think about if, if you're going to make some extreme fertilizer decisions, you probably need to back that up with, with some data. The third point that I really want to uh, share here is a uh, reader suggested this or brought this, this, this way of thinking about it to my mind, but it's, you know, what is a defensive strategy that I could be using for 2022? And I wanted to back that up. First of all, I really like that framework of a defensive strategy. I think that's a good way to think about how we're going into 2022. Be cautiously optimistic, but you know, we got to be ready to be a little bit defensive. The second point I want to iterate is, should we be playing defense in 2022? Um, usually the defensive strategies are limit P and K, and those strategies have limits. And so if we are very aggressive in playing defense in 2022, uh, that might limit what our options are in 2023 and 2024. And why that's important is if we get aggressive in 2022, we're essentially making a bet that there are no yield implications. And I think you could work with an agronomist or do some soil sampling to get some comfort around that decision. But we're also making a bet that when we have to replace those fertilizers uh, that we've used up, or whenever we go back to a normal fertility program, that the price of fertilizer is going to be the same or cheaper, but also the budget environment. The farm economy is going to be in a better position uh, than where we are today. And in reality, we could see a situation in the future where it's not as profitable or fertilizer prices are the same or a little bit higher. And so we don't want to use all of our dry powder potentially in 2022. Just want to, again, remind folks the last time you saw fertilizer prices this high, they stuck around for about three years. Um, and when we see commodity prices turn lower, it takes a few years to pull those costs of production lower in our operation. So when is the best time to play defense? I encourage you to really take a look at your budgets, right? What is the corn versus soybean returns look like? And then step back and say, okay, what are my overall budgets? What's the profitability situation look like overall? What's the cash flow situation look like overall? Again, at the big picture, we still have favorable commodity prices. And so this might not be the year to play defense. Um, and it's a question that each operation has to make on their own. But the question is, should I play defense and how aggressively? And those are two really hard questions for you to answer. And you're going to have to answer them for yourself. So that's all that I uh, had for today. Encourage, thank you all for joining us. Encourage you to go read more about the articles we've written. Really. Um, Think critically about some of the uncertainties. There's a lot, certainly not a, a lack of bad information uh, or not bad information, not a lack of um, bad news, but also uh, headline um, grabbing information. So it's bad news in the headline format and that can uh, be frustrating to navigate. It kind of distorts our thinking a lot. And so we want to step back and really you know, think about how much data we're using as we make those decisions. And we rely a little bit less on opinions and historical uh, 
examples from what we've seen in the past. So rely especially on data heading in the 2022. Again, uh, we'll uh, look forward to joining you again next week. In the meantime, stay curious. Mm-hmm.